I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me and let's walk with Jesus. Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in. It is beautiful outside. I am getting into my, (laughs) this is so stupid, but like my winter depression. I don't even really want to call it that. I'm just saying when it gets cold outside, I start feeling a little funky inside. And so um, I've been trying to think about like, okay, what am I going to do to make sure that we get outside like almost every day if it's not raining? It's only October in Georgia. I'm not even in Antarctica, but I'm just saying like, later i know it's coming i know it's coming and like you know sometimes november december depends on what day in october where it's just so cold that your skin hurts you know everything's dead that's not gonna happen in october anyways all i'm saying is i am planning that uh since we homeschool we're gonna be at home all the time um that we make sure we go outside and have like wilderness survival homeschooling as part of our days that sounds really scary maybe but I'm thinking like hey we can make some learn how to make some homemade traps learn like what you can forage in the winter time I'm not good at foraging anyway but you know we'll see how it goes and then uh, building shelters we have a bunch of woods too so I'm just kind of excited about that cooking over the campfire like you know (laughs) pioneers did I don't know the uh the options are endless so if y'all have any ideas pass my way of things that y'all like to do during the cold months with your kids um mainly to get outside I think when I'm inside I go a little stir crazy and it's good to be in God's uh creation that's not what this episode's about though rocks is in the title um this episode is just about relationships again God is constantly teaching me things over and over and in different ways and I'm trying to um listen and help him help him (laughs) uh help him by me shutting up so that um he can refine me and um just make me more like his image and so one thing is you know in relationships that you have with people no matter what type of relationship it is you will probably come across somebody who you know insults you it could be an enemy kind of person stranger probably not uh, or somebody you're close to have a disagreement but it you know kind of turns a little ugly a little hostile um and you know you can get into arguments or uh just if you know other people are slandering you or whatever um and so in the older days not to say I don't have my moments but especially in the older days um when I was younger and I was working and you know if my bosses said something I didn't like I was like I don't think so (laughs) that's dumb. I'm, I'm not doing that. You know, I mean, I'm just saying like, that doesn't make sense to do blah, 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 blah. Um, and so I would kind of go into this form of street talking, I guess I would clap back. Is that what you say nowadays? And, um, I just wasn't one to be like, okay, sure. Like if I just really disagreed with something, you were going to know it. Or if you said something to me that I felt disrespected, oh, you was definitely going to know. Um, so if you said, you know what? I don't, I don't like the way you do your hair anymore. And I'd be like, yeah, well, your face looks stupid. So, you know, (laughs) whatever. And that, that's like not even, that's a mild example. But I just mean, you know, uh, just always having the, I don't know, the gumption's not the right word, but just always wanting to react um, and always choosing to react and always thinking like, um, well, I need to take up for myself. I'm not going to let people talk to me however they want to. I'm not going to let people disrespect me. Like people 
have to know what's okay to do around me. Like, they're not going to treat me that way. And, you know, I think that it's pretty common in society nowadays. However, friends, we are not called (laughs) to be citizens of this world. We are called uh, to live according to how Christ um, set the example for us, how the Bible tells us to live. And so, um, you know, I think that you can also go back in uh, episode 114 where it's mild or spicy is the episode. <laughs> are you mild or are you spicy? You can check that out, kind of see what that is. Uh, this kind of goes further into what God's teaching me. And I, you know, I'm in Second Kings now, but I was reading First and Second Samuel in my daily time. And you just read so much about David's dysfunctional family tree. I mean, friends. Friends, do you know about his dysfunctional family tree? I think sometimes we read through these Old Testament books and we're like, okay, you know, and you get these like, I don't know, basic things that you're taught and that kind of just stick with you. But when you really start paying attention and you're like, oh, that's really messed up. (laughs) Like, how did I miss that? Um, And so in first and second Samuel, you know, it's talking about David and he's got a lot of wives. And so obviously he's got a lot of kids. And when you are not leading your house, you know, as the husband, and then also as as a mom, you know, in your role and all of that, um, where you are not leading your children as you should, man, there's all sorts of messed up stuff that's happening. So uh, this, this is really messed up. So Amnon, which is one of David's sons, he ends up raping Tamar, which Tamar is Amnon's half-sister, okay? So Tamar comes from a different mom, but still Amnon's sister, and rape is still bad, but raping your half-sister. And David kind of just really didn't do anything about it. Um, And Absalom, which is David's other son, okay, so follow this. (laughs) Absalom is Amnon's half-brother, Absalom is Tamar's full brother. That makes sense. And so he's super mad. He's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, no, like he, he, this is, there's injustice and that's my sister. And I can't believe my dad's not doing nothing about it. And obviously I think if King David stepped in and, um, you know, led his household as he should, And if somebody in his household isn't like that and took care of it, I don't think that his son Absalom probably would be as mad as he was where he just felt like he had to take it in his own hands. I'm not saying this is right, but Absalom ended up uh, plotting and killing Amnon. Amnon, how do you say his name? I don't know. Um, So, you know, that's some family drama. For those of you old enough to remember Jerry Springer, you know, hot messes stuff over there. So Absalom, he flees, okay? He's like, I just killed my brother, you know, probably isn't going to bring, like, good press for the King David um, household. So he flees. Um, also, I think there were some laws there, right? And um, David doesn't really reconcile at all with Absalom, but he was kind of glad that Absalom killed Amnon. So he's like, oh man, I'm, I'm so glad somebody took care of that situation. <laughs> um, and so anyways, later somebody talks uh, King David into bringing Absalom back um, and being able to live there. But like David refuses to see him. 
And so, you know, Absalom really has some severe daddy issues right now, okay? Um, and so he starts plotting to take over his dad's kingdom. I mean, it's very, very like, viable for him to do that. Viable, I don't know if that's the right word. Because there were so many people in Israel that really liked Absalom. Um, and so David fled with some of his men for a little while. And I'm saying all this to kind of catch y'all up in these verses I'm about to read. Um, so on that journey, this is, takes place, um, it's second Samuel 16, five through nine is what I'm going to read. It says, and when King David came to Baharim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul. So remember Saul was king before David and Saul hated David and all this kind of stuff. Okay. Whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man and thou man of Bilal. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief because thou art a bloody man. Then said Abishah... These names are all wrong. Sorry, guys. The son of Zerah unto the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. Um, so, you know, somebody's throwing rocks at me. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. Uh, that's going to be hard for my flesh not to turn around and be like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're going to want to react. You're going to want to take up for yourself. And if your friend over there is like, hey, you know, I'll go take care of it right now. You'll be like, okay, you know, friends forever. Uh, But David did not do that. And by the way, this guy that came out of King Saul's house, he wasn't saying entirely the truth of things. You know, Uh, David really did do right by Saul and his family even after then. Um, But this guy was bitter about something. Um, So verses 10 through 13 Uh, So just pay attention to King David's reaction, and this is kind of why the title is Receiving Rocks. Um, So it says, And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zerah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David, who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishah and to all his servants, Behold, my son, which come forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamin might do it. Let him alone and let him curse for the Lord hath bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. And as David and his men went by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. I telling you (laughs) that would have to be really hard. Um, David was just basically saying like, you know, Again, how he was with Saul as well, is I'm not going to take revenge. Like, revenge belongs to the Lord, right? So whatever these people in my life are doing to me, God has allowed them to do it for a reason. And so who am I to go and make it stop? Who am I to go and and take vengeance uh, for myself? And I want to read a quote from Charles Spurgeon as usual. Uh, He says, David could take this fellow's head off and that in a moment. And yet he said, let him alone, let him curse. And this makes a splendid example. If you can revenge yourself, don't. If you could do it as easily as open your hand, keep it shut. 
If one bitter word could end the argument, ask for grace to spare that bitter word. End quote. Um, I think, again, as you probably also feel in your guts, um, that is really hard to do, especially when you want to take up for yourself and you want to draw boundaries and you feel like that's the right thing to do. But oftentimes the Bible says things that are oftentimes all the time. (laughs) The Bible says things that are contrary to our flesh. Flesh and spirit um, are not in the same pot at all. Okay, Uh, the things that God wants for us, our flesh completely thinks it's uh, foolish. The world's wisdom is always contrary to the Word of God. So we have to remember when we read the Word of God and we read something and our flesh is like, what? Uh, That usually means is right. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, just pay attention to to that. I think there's also a neat side note, and this really doesn't have anything to do with anything. Um, But Absalom's advisor, so Absalom, remember, he is the uh, son of David who's got daddy issues, who's trying to take over the kingdom now. He's got an advisor who's like super wicked uh, that's given him evil advice. And this guy is actually Bathsheba's grandfather. Do you remember who Bathsheba is? (laughs) That is uh, the woman that King David took uh, and had an affair with. Uh, I don't know that it was really something that she exactly wanted. And then he went and pretty much tried to sneak her back. And when that couldn't happen um, to cover up the pregnancy and all this stuff, he went and had her husband killed and then took her as a wife. (laughs) And so anyways, Bathsheba's grandfather doesn't seem to like David very much, which is you know, makes sense why he would team up with Absalom to help him take over David's kingdom. But I just thought that was an interesting side note. So, um, you know, we can remember the key word here is to be meek. And, you know, David showed meekness, even though he was still the king. And he had all these men um, that were strong enough and offering to take over this guy who's throwing rocks and stuff at him. He chose not to. He showed meekness. He had that strength. Um, he's, he was able to do it, but he chose not to do it. And he chose to leave it to the Lord. And, um, and that's just oh, like a daily, daily, daily thing we need to remember. I don't, I mean, how many people in your life do you know who are truly meek? And if you examine your own heart, like, do you find that you're meek? Do you have a person in your mind who you, I don't know, it could be like a thorn in your side who you're used to fighting with or arguing with or that say things to you or you feel like takes advantage of you. And then you say, but am I meek with them? Even though I'm able to, even if I'm right, you know, do I still choose to be meek and leave it to the Lord? That, that is uh, so against our flesh, <laughs> like I said. Um, and so these things definitely um, need prayer so that we can submit ourselves to God and his wisdom and, and follow these things that he's saying. And then First Peter 3, 4, and this is more towards wise, but it says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. And so if God says like, yeah, of course, you can say whatever you want and you can act however you want and you can clap back every time somebody says something to you. But if I see that you're choosing to be meek and you're choosing to rely upon me and you're choosing to let me be God and you choosing not to (laughs) and not to have, you know, that control in your own hands, like that's a great price to me. 
And if you just picture Jesus, he's the perfect picture of meekness. And thank you, Amber, by the way, for helping me find this verse. I like read it the other day and I was like, oh, that's a verse that I want to use. And then I forgot what it was. <laughs> so she helped me find it again. Uh, but it's First Peter chapter 2, verses 22 through 24. Again, talking about Jesus, it says, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Ah, uh, um, I know I make that noise after I've read, read a lot of stuff. I mean, it's just sometimes <laughs> things get you in the guts where you're just like, I cannot, uh, process sometimes, or I think that's like super convicting for the fact that like, Jesus was completely blameless. He didn't do anything wrong. He helped people. People were jealous of him. People um, came after him, uh, but he didn't do anything wrong. And when these wicked people came after him and they had no right and he had every right, he, he didn't do anything against them. He was doing his father's will. Um, and we have a lot to learn by looking at Jesus' example. And then there's several other verses about being meek uh, just means like because you're able doesn't mean that you should. Uh, probably means you shouldn't. Means you should leave it up to the Lord. Uh, not by your own strength. Not in your control. Not in what you think is right. God sees a bigger picture always that we can't see. Um, and so it's just about trusting God, having faith in God, and choosing not to be king of your own life. And, um, you know, off with everybody's heads, right? Uh, we're leaving all of these things to the Lord. And uh, Titus 3, 2, it says, To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. I mean, I feel like that says it all right there, you know? I know there's tough situations, um, and I know things, like I said, just don't make a lot of sense to us, because um, we want to say, like, well, in my heart, well, I just have a gut feeling, um, and a lot of a lot of times, you know, those aren't matching up really with what the Bible says and what the Lord wants us to do, and so I would just urge you to read your Bible, if you're not in your Bible every day, to read your Bible and to see what God says to you, you know, pray to Him. Read the word and God will speak to you and help lead you in these situations. And, you know, as always, like, make sure you're plugged into a local body that can help hold you accountable. And, you know, maybe you aren't seeing some things and they're like, well, look what the word says. And, and then you'll be like, oh, actually, I didn't think about that. You know what I mean? So um, iron sharpens iron, right? To get yourself around people who are following the Lord. Okay, changing gears. Um, so there's this guy. Maybe you've heard of him. I haven't heard of him before, but I saw some quotes by him, and I was like, man, these are some good quotes. I think I'm going to share them. Uh, so it's Matt Smithhurst. His last name is S-M-E-T-H-U-R-S-T. And so here's some quotes that he said that I thought were good to think on. Um, so the first one is, if God never confuses you, never troubles you, and never disagrees with you, then you're not staring at transcendence. You're staring at a mirror. I thought that was good. 
By definition, a God who can never disturb or disagree with you is not a real God. It's a cosmic projection of you. Another one, sleep is our nightly declaration that we aren't God. I thought that was also a good point. Uh, here's another one. The son of God is overqualified to be a supporting actor in your life. Uh, and then I've got two more. Sometimes Christ calms the storm and sometimes he lets the storm rage and calms his child. And then this last one I think is good to keep in your back pocket. It's Jesus is not your co-pilot. He is in the driver's seat and you're in the back on a stretcher. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and true. And probably maybe not as funny when you think about how true it is. Uh, so two of the songs I'm going to add to the podcast Spotify playlist are uh, the first one is called Protect Me. It's by King D Music and some of the lyrics are show a better somebody who can love me like my God. Show a better somebody who can protect me like he does. Show a better somebody who can love me like my God. Show a better somebody. So it's just real catchy. It's really upbeat. It's just a fun song to listen to. And, you know, I feel like it's also true. And then the other song is uh, called In the Shadow of the Glorious Cross. And it's by Sojourn Music. And some of the lyrics are, Your hymn of grace sung over me, abounding forth in glorious streams. My thirst is quenched by you, my Lord. Sustained am I redeemed and restored. So I'll link to the podcast Spotify playlist in the show notes. And if you have any questions, prayer requests, or need a physical Bible, feel free to DM me on Instagram at walkwithjesuspodcast or email me at walkwithjesuspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll talk to y'all next Monday. Bye.